In 2015, two of the largest internet pharmacies in the world went offline. Combined, they were generating over $100 million in sales with over 35,000 products available. They exist in the darknet, and as the largest online exchanges of prescription drugs and illegal drugs, these pharmacies, Evolution and Angora, will have a profound impact on your health and future access to medications. Many people use these sites to obtain recreational drugs, but now more than ever, people are turning to these sites for medical treatment for cancer, hepatitis C, and a whole host of other diseases where medication is just cheaper and easier to access online. This is The Body Podcast, and I'm your host, Yashwan Chalakuru. And today we're gonna talk about why the darknet is making drugs cheaper and how it's doing it. So what is the deep web and the darknet? Well, there's a clear distinction between the two. The deep web is any part of the internet that cannot be found by popular search engines like Google. The deep web does include exchanges for illicit drugs and weapons, but additionally contains innocuous items like library databases and bank account information. Over 90% of the internet exists in the deep web. Meanwhile, darknets are networks hosted within the deep web and require special software and browser configuration to access. Darknets emerged during the 1970s as separate security networks distinct from ARPANET, an early form of the mainstream internet. Shortly afterwards, the drug trade already made it to the internet. The first online transaction in history was between a Stanford and MIT student buying and selling marijuana in 1971. However, for the first 30 years, illicit trade remained unaccessible to the masses as darknet vendors were small and dispersed. There was hardly a guarantee of delivery or safety for a purchase. Trading on the darknet was highly risky, difficult to conduct, and plagued by fraud. However, the U.S. government, ironically, changed that in 2002. The U.S. Naval Research Laboratory and DARPA developed the TOR network and browser to protect online U.S. intelligence communications in 2002 but is now maintained by the nonprofit called Tor Project Inc. The Tor browser allows you to access the Tor network anonymously by relaying your encrypted data through several nodes located all over the world and erasing its path along the way. Therefore, anyone that receives or intercepts your online activity would be unable to know its source location or information. However, with advances in surveillance technology, the Tor browser is no longer 100% secure. Regardless, through Tor, large darknet markets started to appear. In 2011, Silk Road launched on the Tor network, becoming the largest darknet market in history. Silk Road made illicit trade reliable by becoming the Amazon of the internet. Users could rate and review vendors and products, identifying those that ship safe and accurate products. The darknet looked hardly any different from Amazon. At its peak in 2013, Silk Road had over 13,000 listings of goods and services and over 1.2 billion was traded between nearly 1 million users. Everything you could imagine was available here, from narcotics and marijuana to anonymous bank account information and hitman services. In 2013, Ross William Ulbrich, aka Dead Pirate Roberts, the creator of the Silk Road, was arrested by the FBI and the market was shut down. However, many others emerged to take its place, such as Evolution and Agora. But nowadays, people are turning to the darknet for real medical needs. 
Darknet markets attract a diverse audience, most infamously terrorists and drug dealers. However, nowadays, people in real need of prescription medications are turning to these websites for reasons of cost, discrimination, or lack of access to medical professionals. In 2013, 50 million Americans did not fill a prescription because of costs. Drugs are several times more expensive in the U.S. than abroad. For example, Nexium, which is used to treat gastroesophageal disease, costs about $30 per month in Canada or the Netherlands, but $305 per month in the U.S. Often, patients with cancer, hepatitis C, and a whole host of other health problems cannot afford to pay for the drugs in the U.S. or other developed countries. Greg Jeffries is an Australian historian and archaeologist who studies human origins, but a search of his name will provide more information of the pharmaceutical industry and hepatitis C than about human origins or any of his research. In August 2014, Jeffries was diagnosed with hepatitis C. At the time, he was choosing between two forms of treatments, interferon or natural management of HCV until new therapies became available. Jeffries chose the latter, as the side effects from interferon were so unbearable that many patients discontinued treatment and only 60% of the remaining actually ended up being cured. In addition, rumors of new HCV drug trials were emerging, which soon became an opportunity for Jeffries. In 2015, Jeffries flew to Sydney to get on HCV trials for sofosbuvir, a drug that had been recently shown to be highly effective at curing HCV with minimal side effects. Unfortunately, he was not sick enough to join the trials, but he was told the drug would be approved and available through their healthcare system, the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme, also known as the PBS in Australia. Tragically, the drug was so expensive, $84,000 in the US for standard treatment, that the PBS would only cover it for hep C patients that are extremely ill. Again, Jeffries was not sick enough, yet to receive the drug under nationalized healthcare. Fortunately, his luck would change soon. Sofosbuvir, also known as Sovaldi, was developed by Gilead Sciences and approved by the FDA on December 6, 2013. Gilead had patents protecting the manufacturer of Sovaldi, so no generic versions were available in the U.S. However, on January 13, 2015, the Indian patent controller rejected Gilead's Savaldi patent, stating Section 3D of the Indian Patent Act. The link to the patent act is available on thebodypodcast.com if you want to look at that more in detail. This set a precedent, which allowed Indian generic manufacturers to produce and sell Savaldi. However, Gilead actually licensed the drug to 11 generic drug manufacturers in India in 2014, before their patent was rejected. Whether this was out of goodwill or in expectation of the patent rejection is unknown, but the licensing deals provide Gilead with several benefits. Drug manufacturers can only sell Sovaldi in 91 countries, most of which are considered developing economies, and they have to pay Gilead a 7% royalty on revenue. For Jeffries, HCV treatment in India cost approximately $1,000 for a standard 12-week therapy that rid him of the disease. But with over 103 million people in developing countries, Gilead can still generate several billion dollars in revenue just through this licensing agreement alone. 
Gilead claims that their licensing program aims to enable access to its medicines for all people who can benefit from them, regardless of where they live or their economic means. To their credit, they have continued their HCV generic licensing program, even after the Indian Patent Office eventually approved their patent of Sovaldi in 2016. However, what happens to those in developed countries, like Greg Jeffries, when they cannot afford the $84,000 treatment? Greg Jeffries traveled to India to get written a prescription by an Indian specialist and purchased the drug legally. Now more and more are turning to the internet to do the same. When 50 million Americans cannot afford to fill their prescription, they began to turn to darknet markets and online internet pharmacies. In 2015, listing of prescription drugs increased 50% in just six months to over 25,000 listings on darknet markets. Accessing these sites have become simpler for the average layperson, and the Amazon-style shopping with reviews and ratings have instilled some confidence in novice buyers when determining if these drugs are genuine and safe. One individual with insurance reported his cancer therapy drug cost $27,000 annually, while he purchased the same drugs for $2,000 a year on the darknet markets. He reports that they have been effective. One of the vendors on these darknet sites is Got Milk Pharmacy, owned by Manmohan Singh. Got Milk is licensed by the Food and Drug Administration of Maharashtra of the Government of India. All of their products are manufactured by the same supplier as the U.S. pharmaceutical companies like AstraZeneca, Bayer, and Johnson & Johnson, according to their founder. Singh commented to the IB Times, quote, America is a scam. It's a monopoly by a few industries who buy off your politicians. Healthcare costs are not really that high. It's just this monopoly that keeps your citizens paying top dollar for mediocre care. Whether his comments reflect cynicism or deserve merit is up for debate. But he does bring up the question, why are drugs in developing countries so much cheaper? Several factors cause the high price of medication in the US. Pharmaceutical companies claim that the pricing of their drug reflects the development costs, often quoted to be well over $1 billion for drug. One analysis by Tufts puts that figure at nearly $3 billion, but Rohit Malpani, Director of Policy and Analysis at Doctors Without Borders, says, if you believe that dollar figure, you probably also believe that the earth is flat. He points to research looking at past drug development by the Drugs for Neglected Diseases initiative, showing that it can cost as little as $186 million for a new therapeutic agent even when accounting for failed attempts. In addition, much of the research cost of new drugs is covered by federal grants and public research institutions. Regardless of the cost of drug development, pharmaceutical companies hold a 20-year monopoly over many therapies because of U.S. patent law. This is especially prevalent in medicines for uncommon and specific diseases. Patents do play an important role in encouraging investment in innovation and new technologies, but medical innovations are unique. Unlike patents on smartphones or computers, medicine does not just make life easier, it makes life possible. Pharmaceutical companies have no incentive to lower drug prices in the US. However, India relatively frequently rejects drug patents, thereby allowing generic manufacturers to enter the market and drive down drug prices. India's generic drug market has driven down the price of therapies only in developing countries, 
for the most part, because of restrictions on licensing and drug approval in developed countries. Gilead's licensing deal with Indian generic manufacturers is a good example of this, as the manufacturers can only sell in 101 specified developing countries. The consequences of this type of arrangement are drastically different drug prices depending on the country of residence. A low-income family in the United States is effectively priced out of therapies like the $84,000 for Savaldi treatment to cure HCV in the U.S., compared to $1,000 in India. Hence, there is geographic discrimination for medical care. The solution to this geographic discrimination is either to fly to India and attempt to get treatment and prescription from physicians there, as Greg Jeffries did, or to turn to the darknet and conveniently have the medications shipped home, as thousands do already. So are these darknet marketplaces all that terrible? Some claim that they subvert the immoral and corrupt drug oligopolies in the U.S. On the other hand, many have had fatal experiences with fraud medications. Regardless, the appearance of these massive online black markets and their growth demonstrates a huge inequality and inefficiency of the global pharmaceutical industry. For better or worse, the existence and growth of these markets will drive down the price of drugs in developed countries in the long run, as they become easier to access, more difficult to regulate, and more popular with those in need of legitimate therapy.